Welcome to the Gateworld podcast. Welcome to episode number 97 of the Gateworld podcast. I'm Darren. I'm David. And this is the show where two nerds talk about Stargate. We usually just talk about Stargate, but this week it's the third in our new series of Versus discussions. It's going to be Stargate versus Lost. Of course, we are both big fans of Lost. We've talked about it lots on the show. And Lost just ended in May, and it's now July. And you and I have not even really gotten to sit down and talk about the finale of the show yet, have we? No, we went through season five. You know, talking about uh, every pretty much every episode as uh, as I saw it because you saw it ahead of me, and then season six I, I absorbed in a weekend and that kind of cheated our um, our our discussions. So we haven't really yeah. decompressed about it. Okay, so I got into Lost when ABC was running summer reruns after season one, and then from season two on I was weekly just utterly religious at the altar of Lost on ABC. <laughs> And then I got you into it, man, when was it? Uh, season, season just four? before season three started airing, I acquired uh, seasons one and two on DVD, um, but I had but no intention watch of watching that. it as it aired. No, I think I was well into season three, maybe even towards the end, before you actually started the show. I remember vividly that uh, season three had not yet aired. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, Seems when like I, I had... started watching season one, it may there may have been some overlap. Yeah, but I had a whole lot of stuff that, that I knew in our discussions about, about the yeah. show and what was coming up that you didn't know. Well, I mean, I guess the, the difference being you were watching the show on DVD annually, and I was watching the show weekly live as it aired. So I knew all of, of what was going on in season five, and then it came out on DVD and you watched it. Before we start the main discussion, do beware of spoilers, of course. If you haven't figured it out by now, we are talking about all of Lost, all six seasons, if you haven't finished the show yet, or if you've been thinking about watching it on DVD, because people have been talking about it so much, skip this podcast, save it until you're done, because Lost is something that is worth experiencing. I guess Lost has always been a part of the Gate World podcast for us for the last couple of years, even though we don't talk about it all that much on the show, because what we do is we sit down on Sunday nights and we record the podcast and talk about Stargate for an hour to an hour and a half, and then we stopped the podcast recording and we ended up talking about lost for some nights like another two hours yeah it was pretty crazy just dissecting the mythology and what had happened in that episode and the new questions that that episode raised always raising questions a lot of fun tons of speculation obviously lost was i think probably the best show of all time for speculating and coming up with theories um but it's all over now so i guess there's still some theorizing going on yes I think that's the point. A lot of people are upset that they're still asking questions, and I am not upset. I I think that some of the answers would not have been uh, satisfactory, I think. Yeah, I think the answers would have been rote. It would have been just reporting data, like uh, the X-Files finale. The last episode or two, I, I think it might have been a two-parter, was largely an info dump where the characters came trotting in one at a time in this little little pseudo-courtroom scene and just sort of reported on their piece of the mythology and drew together all those little pieces that viewers over the course of nine seasons had largely already figured out most of it. Yeah, I don't care for that kind of... So it was really thing. just sort of rehearsing everything over again. Yeah. 
almost like a clip show without any clips, frankly. Well, the things that I uh, find fondest about the last few episodes of Lost were the scenes where, you know, they did sit down and confirm a lot of things that I speculated. Jack's conversation with the man in black, you know, were you the one that I saw on the day that I crashed, the, the, the couple days after mm-hmm. I crashed? My father, yes, that was Tended me. to be my father. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the whole conversation with Jacob and, and the group around the, the campfire is probably one of the greatest scenes in the show. Well, enough about Lost. Let's talk about Stargate <laughs> versus Lost. We've taken a little bit of flack for wanting to do this show because a lot of people think that there's there's like no association between Stargate and Lost at all. And I think if you've watched the first season of SGU, uh, you may not think that. I see that SGU perhaps has been slightly inspired in certain areas by the type of storytelling and and, and holding things back. You know, not not revealing everything that the show is about in the first season. I get the feeling that Lost may have helped to inspire the show a little bit. Well, yeah, Lost and a number of other shows that, that are on that track. SGU, you know, draws inspiration in terms of its storytelling and, and visually from other shows as well, obviously. The producers have pointed to The Shield and Firefly. Uh, but, but in terms of the storytelling and... and that uh, Lost is a major influence, uh, I think, on on just television in general right now. It was so successful uh, and so creatively successful that I think everybody has to pay attention to a show like that. Mm-hmm. But when you suggested Stargate versus Lost, I have to admit I balked a little bit initially, didn't I? Because we've done Stargate versus Star Trek, which is kind of obvious. Star Trek is the the granddaddy franchise. Uh, Stargate gets compared to it a lot. Uh, we did Stargate versus Battlestar Galactica. Okay, the two shows aired together on Sci-Fi Channel, and Battlestar got all the the critical accolades. Stargate often was sort of kicked aside as the the redheaded stepchild. But Stargate versus Lost. I don't know. Lost is a bit less typical of a of a genre show of a, of a science fiction or fantasy. Yeah, it's not set in space, you know. And Stargate is is often set in space, if not specifically in a vacuum space but you know it's 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 largely land-based but now you've got this show that is in my opinion so much more about the characters than atlantis was and so much less about the plot the plot is exceptionally important but the characters in sgu are what drive it Uh, and the characters on lost are what drove that show I see a lot of parallels between some of the characters on Lost and some of the characters on SGU. Really, the actual the actual characters. Yeah, I think the most obvious is Benjamin Linus and Nicholas Rush. These are characters that you cannot peg. They operate under their own rules, their own laws, and uh, they both believe that they are the heroes in the story. Yeah, I suppose every villain is the hero of his own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they definitely have a lot in common as men in terms of what you said, in terms of the fact that they're very calculating. They can be very cold. I don't think we know enough about Rush yet to really peg mm-hmm. him. So if, well, he's just working for his own agenda, and he, everybody on the ship could, could you know be spaced, shove him out an airlock for all he cares. He's been pulled back, I think, especially later in the, in the second half of the season, episodes like Human. He gets pulled back from that a little bit. I suspect that that's a temporary measure. Maybe, yeah. But Michael Emerson's character... I mean, there's some some terrific redemption that goes on in season six, especially in the, mm-hmm. the finale and that obvious final scene uh, with Ben Linus. 
But uh, otherwise, before before that that bit of redemption, he's evil. I think he's evil in a way that that Rush has not been up until this point. This is true. I but I I'm I'm sensing the potential there for for there to be some not as pure evil, and, and even Ben wasn't pure evil. I don't think, but not as evil as Ben ultimately became uh, in some of those episodes. But I think I think he's his he's capable of being pretty close. <laughs> For his own reasons, for for science or or however you care to care to look at it, I th- I think that that character is is capable of a great deal more than we have seen, and I think we're going to see some of that in season two. Otherwise, I mean, think about it: the character is going to be fairly flat. You know, they've they've billed him as being a, a pretty mysterious soul. Is that the sort of character that's not really all that atypical for television? Somebody's going to be the the conniving, backstabbing, out-for-his-own sort of Gaius Baltar figure. Well, I think you're seeing it more and more in, in more series. These characters who are built into the main cast who are not 100% redemptive. The the villains are kind of um, you know built into the main cast. I mean, Gaius Baltar was a great example of that. And, of course, he was pretty redeemed at the end. But, you know, you weren't supposed to like the guy 100%. Beyond, you know, Rush and Ben, I find that... You know the the show SGU is embracing the the long term storytelling of Lost in a couple of ways. Yeah, and that seems to be the most obvious point of comparison. You've got this ship skating through the cosmos. That all we know right now is that it stops at planets and then moves along. But I think we're all getting the feeling that that destiny has a greater destiny. That has never been told to us yet. That's going to be revealed, hopefully, somewhat in season two. I don't want it all to be revealed in season two, but hopefully, you know, we'll get a better idea of what's coming in the next in the next twenty episodes. And then yeah. you have the question of, so what is the destiny? And then you have the question of what is the island, which is never definitively answered. I, I think with the destiny, you're certainly going to get a definitive answer because it's it's a piece of technology that was made, whereas the island was kind of like this 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 place that has always been. This, the whole setting of where the characters are. You're right, the island and the and the ship. And there's that element of being castaways. You know, this group of people that's stranded against their Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Has to make the best of it. Has to struggle for resources in the beginning. And internal conflict that, that grows out from that, you know? The, later, I mean, in, in season one, they begin to introduce the idea of another foe on the island. And after, similarly, in SGU, after we've already kind of established the conflict between our characters, in the middle of the season, they introduce a, they inter- introduce a, a foe that is attacking us from the outside as well, uh, so as to give us all something to rally against, not just always fighting ourselves. Yeah, but the way that the, that setup has been done in the first half of the season, uh, for SGU, it's about survival, finding those elements that we need, uh, air and food and all this. Mm-hmm. And in Lost, I mean, there's some of that going on. I mean, there's, you know, let's figure out how to find and, and hunt a boar. Yeah. And, you know, the the discovery of the caves because we need fresh water. Um, yeah. But that's not driving any of the episodes, obviously. What the SGU writers decided to do at the start of the show was introduce us to the characters, let's get to know them and the way they're bouncing off each other, mm-hmm. so that then when those external threats come along in the second half of the season and in season two, we've gotten to know them and we, we can sort of understand what's important to them. Lost takes the same approach, but it did it so differently. It did it through the storytelling device of flashbacks 
Yes. So there is a there's a little story going on on the island with somebody like Charlie or Boone. Uh, and, but what those what the episode is really about, or is largely about, is their flashback story. Uh, so you're getting the bits and pieces of this thing that happened to Charlie and his brother in their band, and, and it, you know where his drug addiction came from that he's now struggling with on the island. The first episode I ever saw was The Moth, which I still just love. Oh, okay. That is one of the most redemptive images that I've ever seen on television at the end of The Moth when Charlie takes his last bag of heroin and throws it into the fire. You know, it's sort of the same approach to let's get to know the characters first before the external threat comes, before we're dealing with the others, you know, stealing people and attacking us and drawing a line in the sand, before we're dealing with Widmore and his boat and the mercenaries. All that stuff is very external. Yeah. Um, but we're heavily invested in who Charlie is by the time he goes down into the looking glass. Lost shows how amazing it is to have your characters established before you put them really into super life-or-death situations and before you let them go. That way you're really invested in them if they do get knocked off. I mean, throughout season three, we were wondering if he was going to make it, and, you know, people keep on saying, you know, Charlie, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Uh, no, darling, he's not. <laughs> yeah, and I thought through a good portion of season three that if they were really planning on killing off Charlie, they would not be telegraphing it the entire season. Yeah. And guess what? That's what they wanted me to think. But my point is that with SGU, they didn't use the storytelling device of flashbacks in the first half of the season. Uh, instead, it seems like the getting-to-know-you device was not every episode like, like Lost was using flashbacks, but was communication stones. Let's take this person who is recently stranded on the ancient ship mm. and let's send their mind back to Earth and have interactions with their loved ones mm -hmm. and then sort of get to know what kind of a, of a man or woman that, that person is and what makes them tick. Interesting strategy. Uh, I think it was a little too much. We've talked about stones uh, plenty on this show. But, um, I don't know, that flashback storytelling mechanism, it's so perfect. It's signature it lost. so well. But yeah. it is signature lost, so I don't know if a show like SGU or a non-sci-fi show can come along and just start doing flashback episodes. and you know, this is the Charlie episode, and this is the TJ episode. Well, they did that with Rush and Greer later in the season, and those were two extremely successful episodes. In the episode Lost, pardon the pun, and in Human. Those are two of my favorites. You know, with Human, like we've talked about numerous times, the style of which they chose to approach it, just changing the perspective a little bit, Rush's perspective, so that he's with us, you know, he's updated just like we are, yet we're seeing into his past, was a great way to approach that. And Greer's yeah. past was also interesting because he was perhaps the most nebulous character on the show. The other thing that I, I, I like to think of, it's, it's similar, Lost and, and SGU share this with Voyager, you know, they can't make every single week about them trying to get home. You know, Bernard's SOS sign. Mm -hmm. But they right. do throw that in every once in a while to let you know that, no, they're not exactly content with being where they are. Yeah, rescue is still an issue. Right. That you get an episode where Telford is coming aboard the ship and, and, and trying to get Destiny to go into a star so that they can get home. You know, you've you've got you've got missions like that throughout Lost, where they're trying to get to the the radio tower to you know phone off the beach to get to, off of the island to get uh, to get the the boat um, constantly yeah, just, things like that. Even just simple little reminders that you know are not going to work, like 
Claire uh, sees the birds. Yeah. And and wants to send a message attached to a bird. So we talked on on the first season of SGU on the podcast about uh, we we want the characters to settle down to to start to treat destiny like we're not just waiting for somebody to figure out the right buttons to push on the control panel so that we can successfully <laughs> dial back to Earth. We're going to be here for a while, and guess what? We might live out the rest of our lives here. Make the so best of your situation. Settle in. That has to be maintained, I think, with the, with the tension of we want to go home. And we might be able to find a way home somehow. Hurley in season one of Lost was very interested in making the camp uh, bearable and livable and happy. Um so that they would continue to have something to, I mean, that I mean, living for for getting off the island. Yes, that was that was, getting off the island. That was their big thing. But you know, he he came up with a golf course, for crying out loud, and mm. he he was very, he was very interested in in maintaining a happy existence for everybody. And I hope that like a character like Eli, will say at some point, you know, we've got. We're not going anywhere right now. You know, let's really make the best of the situation as we can. I mean, they've already got a, a still set up, so... Yeah, we have a, a still. So that's going to be um, an element of relief for many of, of the crew, I would imagine. And that's a nice little touch. That's like, you know, Battlestar Galactica setting up the bar. Oh, yeah. It's a, a bit of settling down. I wasn't expecting them to come up with a still. So, I mean, that's... Every time I see that thing, I think of Battlestar. Because, I mean, the pilots had one even long before the bar. Lost has always been about, in my opinion, perspective and time. The, those are the aspects of uh, so a couple of aspects of great science fiction, in my opinion. Lost's uh, story is told out of sequence. Uh, it always mm-hmm. was. You have episodes of SGU, particularly like Time, that are I mean they're they're far more linear than Lost is, but they take advantage of out of sequence storytelling to surprise you. I mean, I think that's one yeah. of the greatest episodes of Lost is uh, the, the last two episodes of season three, where in the end we find out that they did make it off the island and they're not happy with their lives. The, the couple of, at least two of the folks who made it off, they're not, they're just not happy. Yeah, all of Jack's flashbacks. Right, exactly. Up to that that big uh, flash final forward. Season, the season where you realize we have been seeing his flash forward, not yeah. his flashback. And sets up the rest of the. Uh, the, the one rest of the of... most. Brilliant moves in television history. Oh man! But you have an episode. Back. But you have an episode like Time that that tricks you into thinking that you're in the here and now, you know, on the planet with them, with the Kino, mm-hmm. and you're uh, these guys are sitting on the destiny. Look at this tape and going, "What the hell is just going on?" Yeah, I mean, Lost made an art out of a uh, high art out of telling stories out of sequence, telling its story out of sequence, because you have flashbacks. And the way that those are, are intricately woven into the island story. You know, and SGU has done that, uh, I think, with, with the episodes Lost and Human to a degree. But watching Greer's flashbacks in the episode Lost is, it's just kind of related to the main story. Yeah. Uh, because I think the main story of that episode is uh, Eli and Scott and Chloe running from planet to planet trying to catch up destiny and if the main story is not about Greer so much because Greer just sort of well he gets out of the rock slide out of the tunnel mm-hmm. camps out at the gate and then he makes it home the only thing that's going on with Greer in this story is he's remembering we're experiencing his abandonment his abandonment 
Yeah, but you know what I mean with with Lost when they do a flashback episode to Charlie, mm-hmm. it ties into what's going on, what he's experiencing on the island, uh, which led to this theory early on in Lost that that the island is purgatory, that the characters as they go through the events of the island are you know coming to grips with their life, which is what season six ultimately was. Yeah, so the out of sequence thing—that's what I was talking about. So then we do flash forwards, and then we do we got off the island and we have to make it back and. And then we actually travel in time, and now we're telling the piece of the, the story in the year 1977. And then we do the Flash sideways and what's going on with this parallel world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it made it a high art. I think it will be often imitated and never duplicated. But the other big thing is the settings of each of these shows are characters in themselves far more than any other shows that I can really think of. I mean... Hmm. Des- they're, they're making Destiny out to be a living, breathing machine, I, I feel. And hmm. the island was an entity into its, unto itself. And Jack was saying, you know, it's Locke, it's just an island. And Locke is saying, no, it's much more mm-hmm. than that. The island brought us here for a reason. Yeah, it is an is this active agent. Yes. I think, I think we're going to discover that... Um, that destiny, much like the island, is is an active participant in the story that we are uh, that we are seeing unfold. Mm-hmm. And I would like it to to actually be destiny, and not just to be Franklin's consciousness got beamed up. Yeah. And now it's Franklin. Maybe he's. I, I expect him to come back in some form like that. Maybe he's an avatar of the ship in some way, or a way for the ship to communicate with us. But I'd really like to see the ship itself as as an entity. You know what I, I've been thinking a lot about lately? I'm thinking that's ultimately Chloe's purpose. I think Chloe's ultimate purpose is to become an agent of destiny. I just, I just have that feeling mm-hmm. about this character. I have a feeling that they're, that they're going to do something very big with this character that we just didn't see coming. Maybe our crew only ended up on a destiny, not because Telford sold out the Icarus planet and the Lucian Alliance attacked and Rush got the correct way to dial the nine chevron address from eli and they all got through the gate before it, the planet exploded maybe the reason that they're really on the destiny is because jacob brought them there <laughs> chloe brought them all there Chloe's Chloe had future. dreams of the destiny destiny all her life yeah you know i i wouldn't be surprised if if they did something exciting like that mm-hmm. um not so convoluted but yeah they're not going to imitate Lost directly. You can't do that. But, I mean, that's the exciting thing about SGU for me is that I know that there are some surprises that we haven't uh, been exposed to yet. They're just going to make you go, mm-hmm. what the heck? So. Yeah, they they took their time, didn't they? With season one, they really seemed to be laying down the railroad tracks. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I certainly hope that um, SGU gets as uh, much airtime as, as Lost did. I, I hope that the show runs for five or six years. Um, just just a phenomenal series, you know, and an and even more phenomenal finale. Uh, I do have a couple of quibbles with it, but, I mean, it's, uh, it was a good ending, considering the circumstance, considering the show that it followed. Yeah, concerning it had to live up to the nearly impossible task of finishing this gigantic story. The yep. story that was all about keeping the audience guessing. You've said that you thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, you and I are of, of the side that, that I think found it wholly satisfying. Maybe not perfect, but I would certainly give it four stars. I found mm-hmm. it wholly satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. It answered all the, the important questions that I wanted answered, like 
you know, what happens to these characters. The island stuff, the mythology stuff with Jacob and, and the man in black, the smoke monster. You know, I think we've been given enough information to sort of answer the mythology questions that, that people would want answered. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since the finale aired, so I don't recall all those questions offhand. Yeah, I rewatched it a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that you're you're left, you know, with the people who escape on the plane, you're left wondering, ex- I mean, what happened to them afterwards. I mean, Kate was told that she should never leave uh, the state, otherwise she was going to be put back in prison. Um, so we don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. But, That's true. Presumably uh, some sort of a better life. She certainly looked happy in the afterlife. Now, I kind of figured that, uh, initially, my thought was that uh, Juliet got killed off and, and did not come back in any way for coffee um and obviously jack the the show ends with jack's death Mm -hmm. so i kind of thought that kate and sawyer flying off together may have a life together with uh i guess not with clementine clementine has a mother yes the more i thought about it i don't think that's the case because i think those two have basically put their their relationship behind them yeah i think what you see in the in the afterlife stuff in the flash sideways and who who Sawyer ends up with. Sawyer ends up with Juliet there at the church at the end of, of that afterlife experience, ready to move on. That's you know, that's sort of the love of his life. Mm-hmm. Not Kate. And I think Kate was intent on raising Aaron with Claire. I think that's one of the things that uh, they wanted to establish was that these two were going to uh mm. uh go off and, you know, raise that child. Yeah. So the the church scene at the end and, and the whole revelation that, that all these flash sideways throughout season six have been uh, an afterlife, a sort of a limbo state before you move on to, you know, whatever it is. The the stained glass window in the, the scene with Christian and Jack is obviously meant to be very, uh, very interfaith, interreligious. You know, every symbol from every major world religion is there on the window. Um, so you sort of, you know, it appeals to everybody and you make of it what you will, fit it into your own belief system. For my faith system, you know, it's it's some version of purgatory. Um, not that there's you're necessarily being purged of anything. Um, not that I'm Roman Catholic, but but that's sort of the, the most common, you know, Christian understanding of a of an intermediary state before mm-hmm. What you move on to then in the in Catholic terms would be, you know, the beatific vision would be experiencing the direct presence of God, going to heaven. You know, Lost had the benefit of knowing how much time it had to tell its story, to do yes. a long arc. Uh, you know, they found out in season three, before they finished season three, I think, that they were going to go through, through season six, and they knew exactly how many episodes that they had. Uh, and no show gets that gets that benefit anymore you know you could probably name them on one hand count them on one hand but uh so so you get as much of the arc as you can and uh you know if, if SGU goes for six years or four years or ten years or two years god forbid like every other show that doesn't have that luxury of knowing mm. how much time they have, they're gonna do you know they're gonna tell their story on on whatever scope it is if it's smaller compressed arcs or or, you know, God forbid we don't get payoff at the end. You know, that's... With a show like Stargate, there's no reason that we can't get a coda, like the Ark of Truth, mm-hmm. to wrap up those stories 
You know, we, they they write clearly in anticipation of a of a subsequent pickup season. They should. Uh, I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Stargate. So many times the writers thought, you know, we're going to get canceled, but we need to write the end. You know, Showtime canceled us. We need to write the end. Yeah, they ultimately stopped doing that. <laughs> and then they stopped doing it and got. Canceled. And then they got canceled. <laughs> oh, jeez. So yeah, I mean, there's just so many ways that the season ends. Versus, we've been talking about, like, Legend of the Seekers, every season is sort of self-contained and draws to a close. It's a book. Yeah. With Stargate, there are some seasons that, that have really explicit cliffhangers to be continued. What will happen? How will our heroes get out of this? And then there's some, like, full circle at the end of season six, where it's just kind of, this, this movement of the story has been told, let's go home. So it will be interesting to see... Uh, yeah, to see how Stargate Universe, now that the Stargate writers are doing a more arc-based show, um, how they deal with that that issue of not necessarily knowing if you're going to get another year. So this is this way to resolve the show and to tell us what the Flash Sideways was was a bit controversial, I suppose, with with people who didn't like the ending so much. What did you think of it? I. I found it satisfying. They, they established that you know the light, this this energy is responsible for uh, the energy that's in the world, and that uh, I I interpreted the ending as returning to that source. Um, mm. The same light that that's in the heart of the island. Yeah, has these mysterious properties. Yeah, I think that this... that's I think that that's what they're joining hmm. um, to become a part of an infinite kind of energy. Yeah, I thought about that. But it's uh, it was it wasn't the first thing that I would have thought of to have uh, the the show end with, but uh, everyone looked immensely happy, and that's you know what I think we all wanted is for everyone to be, for everyone to realize they're happily ever after. Uh, that's the remarkable thing about it. If exactly. not in this world, then the next. Is that everybody gets a happily ever after, and yet we've still dealt with death. And we've still we've still dealt with death in a serious way, with losing characters like Charlie, and Boone, and I mean you name them. Over the course of the series, we killed off so many people that we had really gotten to know and care for, as characters. Everybody gets a happily ever after, because we believe that death is not the end. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be a, a surprisingly rich uh, theological, you know, faithful. Kind of a statement. I'd never seen that on television before. Television or film, that in in mainstream media that so seriously, you know, recognizes the belief of, of so many people across the world that death is not the end. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and again, in the in the Christian uh, Christian context, I uh, apologize to, to anybody out there who might be disturbed by this, but I'm a a student of theology studying right now, so. You know, that idea that death is not the end, that death has been conquered, that death is itself is an enemy that's been vanquished and ultimately has no power over us, can't take away our happy ending. I found, <laughs> I found to be really satisfying. Well, that's our discussion of Stargate versus Lost. Uh, kind of apples and oranges. Apples and, and trains. I don't know. Trains. What's really different from an apple. Name me something that's different from an apple a full service gas station apples and full service gas stations no that would be more like stargate versus falcon crest so those are really different shows <laughs> you didn't know what falcon crest is you're too young it was uh it was a 
basically a, a series soap opera, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They used to do, like... Similar to I Dallas. Mean, you, you look at, at shows, uh, dramas that are on the networks now and call them soap operas. People call SGU soap opera. I mean, in the 80s, they showed primetime soap operas. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to, to figure out what the next Versus show is going to be. I have some ideas, yeah, as right. uh, Benjamin Linus said. In your cap. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm really stoked about the DVD release because there is uh, something like 11 minutes little postscript to the lost story. Uh, I, th- I heard it was more like 25. Oh, really? That long? That'll be worth talking about. It'll answer a few more questions. That's what they said. So, coming up on the Gate World Podcast, then, we're going to take off next week uh, and be on a little vacation. Uh, You are going on vacation. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to Vancouver. It's not a vacation, per se. I'm going to be working Uh, at... Vacation in air... You can't see me doing the air quotes. Uh, Oh, oh, air quotes. Quote, quote, vacation, unquote. Uh, In Vancouver. I'm going to be working in Vancouver uh, at uh, the GateCon convention, which is going to be held this this coming weekend. Check them out on the web at GateCon.org. This is the last GateCon convention, isn't it? So they say. So they say, for now. For now. I personally don't believe it, but that is that is expressly excuse me gatecon.com. That is that is expressly their intent. So, we'll see. That should be cool. Who are the headliners? I know that they have a huge lineup of oh, uh Stargate and sci-fi guests. Gary Chalk, Cliff Simon, J.R. Bourne, Colin Cunningham, Paul McGillian, Jay Akavone, Martin Wood, Eric Avari, Corn Nimick, you know, Steve Basic, Andy Frizzell, John Delancey. Uh it just goes on and on. So, there's cool. a good uh 5, 10, 15, 24. There's a good 24 guests listed. Wow. So. Well, that's fun. I really regret that I've never made to Vancouver for GateCon because I, I know you've gone several years and, and always just have a blast. They put me to work, and I'm happy to contribute. Oh, yeah. That'll be good. So yep. uh, no podcast next week. We'll come back on July 21st with episode number 98. We are on our final summer countdown to 100 uh and on july 21st the topic is the science of sgu if you like science and and the stargate universe technology kind of stuff hopefully we're going to be able to get a very special guest to come and and uh, bring some scientific expertise Mm. and talk about the show and that's all the show we have this week thanks everybody for tuning into the podcast again if you want to call us and ask us a stargate question or suggest a topic for a future show Anything you want to talk about, we always love hearing from you. If you have a science question related to Stargate, feel free to, to call in with that. Uh, and what's that number? Uh, 951-262-1647. And, of course, if you don't want to call a U.S.-based telephone number, you can always record a short message of yourself on your computer and email it to webmaster at gateworld.net. And we always like seeing you in the podcast feedback thread over at GateWorld Forum. And check out ye old show notes. For episode number 97, Stargate vs. Lost. E old. From GateWorld, this is Darren. This is David. And we'll see you in two weeks for GateWorld Podcast. Adios. Mm